I wanted to think about the dysfunctional relationships we have, the dysfunctional patterns we find ourselves in, and like what went wrong there. If intuition is something we all have that we should tap into, no problem, then shouldn't we always be in the exact right place? And we're not, right? We're struggling, we're seeking, we're searching. That was Erin Klassen, a Toronto-based writer, independent publisher, and a community manager at Etsy Canada. Her own publishing company, Without Pretend, has been playing such an important role at producing, promoting, and distributing works by emerging female-identified writers and artists. But it doesn't just stop there. Erin has also created a safe and open space for people to just feel and let their own feelings help them navigate the heartbreaks, the ups, the downs, and the darkness. You're listening to Dear Seekers, and this is Sasha Xiao. Joining me today is Erin Klassen. How are you today? I'm doing okay today, yeah. Thank Why you. use the word okay? <laughs> well, you know, I think some days are better than others, and today I'm just doing okay. Mm-hmm. I think it's okay. And Everything's okay is okay. okay. Okay is okay. Yeah. I guess we can start from all the way from the beginning. Sure. Uh, were you born in Canada or I was in born in Canada. No, mm-hmm. I was born in Thunder Bay, Ontario. Oh, wow. I grew up there until we moved to the prairies, and then mm-hmm. I grew up mostly in Winnipeg. So I'm a prairie girl, which is... I think why people always say, oh, that makes sense because you're friendly and they don't <laughs> expect people from Toronto to be friendly or something. So, oh. When did you move to Toronto? Uh, I moved here to go to U of T. So I was 17 when I started university. Um, and yeah, I've been here ever since. So this is what I say is my chosen home. I've been here for 15 years. And what did you study at U of T? I was a double major in cinema and English lit. Wow. Yeah. Why did you choose that combination? Oh, well, I always knew I wanted to be in English. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, I wanted to be a writer forever, but, um, I also just love reading books. I love thinking about books. I love, you know, dissecting them and writing about them. So that was sort of a no brainer. I actually started, uh, in poli sci in English and then I transferred to cinema, uh, to be honest, because a boy I liked was taking cinema and poli-sci wasn't quite what I thought. So I started university in 2001. My first day of U of T was, um, my first class was actually a poli-sci class on September 11th, 2001 on the day the towers fell. So it was a really interesting time to be taking political science. And I, I sort of, I saw everyone around me who was so, so passionate about the kind of you know, work that theory led mm-hmm. to. And I, I, I just wanted to dive into stories and a world of fiction. And it was too much reality, I think, for me at, at my young age. So I, I thought cinema and English were perfect because those are just two different ways of telling stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always been a pretty loud, pretty big feeling kind of person even as a child I think often I was told to be quiet and I was told to kind of keep it in I was a lot of people rolled their eyes at me teachers and parents and you know as I got older boyfriends and friends and you know I think oh you're being so dramatic uh so I think I've 
I've always been a big feeler, but I've always been told to suppress it. And I think I got to a point where, and I also want to say, I think this is something in art that we're told to suppress. Mm -hmm. And I, and I want to explain that. I think, um, you know, I went, as I said, I went to school for English lit and some of the, you know, the big books you read are beautiful and they're full of feeling, but at the same time, they're not talking about feelings. They're not talking about, especially from a woman's perspective, right? To be respected as a female or a woman uh, writer or artist, I think to talk about the personal is is not really respected. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, this is the thing I know most about (laughs) and it's the thing I want to, I want to make art about. Um, So I don't know if that answered the question, but I... Yes, it does. And since when you've started to feel like being a feeler is okay, and then to actually express that thought and that definition to relate to other people who feel the same way is okay. It's almost as if I don't really feel like I have a lot of options. I think when you're making something, it has to come from a really real place of you. I could try to make work about something else, but this is the thing that runs through me so deeply. This is the thing that I am, you know, this this person that feels it all. Uh, a couple of my friends, my best friend often calls me sort of lovingly the people whisper or the feelings whisper, mm-hmm. um, because often I feel like I'm in a room with a bunch of people. And if somebody's going through something really hard and really trying hard not to bring that to the surface or put it on other people, because, you know, that's what we do. If we're going mm-hmm. having a hard day, we don't want to have to like whine about it the whole time. Right. It doesn't matter. I can... I can sense that person is going through something and it makes me really uncomfortable. Like I, mm. I, I want to be able to, I want people to feel comfortable to mm-hmm. be able to express what's really going on. And I don't think that there's, you know, I don't think a hundred percent of the time it's the right format for that. Um, like telling a stranger on the TTC about, about your problems, you know, that might not be the right venue, but I do think we all have communities, small and big. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think art is one of those ways that we can, we can express ourselves in kind of a, I think in a safe way, you know, mm-hmm. make space for that. The first time I met Erin was at one of her events called Portraits, which she invited 10 women to come on stage to share an unresolved feeling of theirs to a room full of strangers. Women feel all sorts of things for all sorts of reasons and sometimes for no good reason at all. Feelings don't have to make sense or be easily understood. Women can feel strong and fragile, awkward and tender, confident and insecure, irrational and logical, fierce and vulnerable, successful and useless, all at the same time. The heart does not unfold in a convenient straight line. It's so hard to share my own feelings, even with my boyfriend or close friends, not only because it's such a personal thing, but also it's intangible and requires delicate skills to articulate and transcribe. I chose to be going by myself because I wanted to actually feel it. (laughs) Because sometimes you go with your friends, of course, you can talk, you can chat, um, but you almost kind of have to bring another person's feeling involved the conversation. So I wanted to just be there and then to feel it. Um, and 
I didn't expect. I actually feel so much. As、uh, soon as you know the energy was there, even though I didn't know anybody, at first I have to say it was a little bit awkward、mm. because everybody seemed to know someone,、mm. and then I was there by myself,、um, and it was just feeling a little bit lonely. I, of course, I try to tell myself just be yourself, and then see what the night takes you. And then as soon as the stage start taking over,、um, you. Read one of the chapters in your book that you wrote. I was like, "Wow, this girl is so cool." Because you feeling something actually influenced me. I started to kind of release my feeling as well that I've been hiding in in my chest for a long time. Do you almost feel like、um, feeling too much sometimes a blessing and a curse at the same time? Yes, definitely. I think it's. I think feeling too much is, for me, because I've had a lot of practice with it. I think it's a gift most of the time. I think when it becomes a problem and becomes、uh, a curse, as you say, is when I'm interacting with people who aren't as comfortable. And then, then what do you do? Because you don't want to force somebody to be on your level of let's talk about feelings.、Mm-hmm. So you know,、right. rela- relationships can be tricky、um, for that reason.、Mm-hmm. Permission is something that I think human beings need, and I, I don't know. I'm not an expert on why, but I know it feels better when somebody else ha- says something out loud that you have experienced. You feel. Validated, you feel like you have permission to also say those things out loud or feel those things out loud.、Um, and one of the reasons I I do a lot of work collaboratively with other people is because I think it it's more powerful to kind of put those voices all together.、Um, and so Portraits, which is the event you came to, Portraits was actually I wrote that book. So it it's not an anthology in the way that you care too much and and now happy if you know it will be an anthology where. A lot of voices are speaking in their own voice.、Um, that was a compilation of stories that I heard, kind of the same way that we're, you know, doing this interview.、Um, I sat down with people privately and anonymously to talk about their deepest, darkest, unresolved feelings,、um, because those are the really sensitive in nature, right? They're talking about people who are real people, and it would be different to ask them to to put their name to it. So what I thought to do is. As I wanted these stories to come out somehow, so those are all real stories, but I've written them in kind of little vignettes and little poems, partially to protect the identities, but also partially because I want somebody like you to read some of those stories. Not all of them will resonate with you, but some of them, you might say, "Hey, even though I've never experienced this, I know what this person was feeling. I know what she was going through.、Um, I feel like I I know what she might still be going through, and that's powerful because it." It makes you feel validated. It makes it more normal.、Mm-hmm. Um, important to note for this interview, I put quotation marks around normal because I I think it's just such a scary thing to say this is normal and this is not normal.、Mm-hmm. So it's not okay to feel out loud, and it is okay to feel out loud. I don't think either is necessarily the right answer. I just I think that people should be allowed to kind of be where they are.、Mm-hmm. I also feel like when you try to normalize things, of course there's a norm and things like that. You also kind of divide. Okay, this is normal, and that group is the others. Yeah, 
But go back to the portrait event I attended. How did you get those, you know, aspirational women to go to the stage and then read something they wrote that is so so deep inside of them, and then to a group of women or men? I saw a few men there. Mm-hmm. <laughs>、um, yeah, their personal stories, and then to tell to share. How did you make that happen? Great question. I I feel really fortunate that. People say yes to me so often.、Um, I find that asking is half the battle. So you know, I didn't know all of those women before I I reached out.、Uh, Rashika and Chantel are both women that I had never met before. I think we both followed each other on Instagram. I just really liked the content that they were.、Uh, I could kind of tell that there was a lot of realness and that they were sort of、mm-hmm. seeking something. Uh, and so I reached out to them on Instagram, and I I said, hey, I have this idea. I've written this book. You know, I think the fact that I had written the book already, and and that all these women had given me anonymously their stories, was sort of a, a good strong starting point. And I just asked them. I said, no, you don't have to say yes, but here's an opportunity. Here's a platform for you. Is there anything that you want to share?、Um, and they sent me all their stories ahead of time, just so that. You know, I could kind of give them any suggestions. We could make sure that it was going to be a short time frame because I didn't want, you know, people to be reading for twenty minutes. I thought, you know, ten women at five minutes each was going to be kind of really powerful. And yeah, so I guess the short answer is I'm really fortunate that、uh, when I reach out to people, they mostly do say yes and they trust me. And All of them had a really great experience. Like none、mm-hmm. of them regretted doing that, and it was a really—I mean, you were there. It was a really safe space. It really felt like everyone was respectful and quiet, and really taking it all in. And I、mm-hmm. thought it was—I was really pleased. What I try to do is give people permission and space. Those are the two things I want to do. Uh, with without pretend, in my books, in my events, I want to say, you have permission to be yourself and be dramatic and be a feeler, and that's okay.、Um, and two, you have permission to take up space through art, through expression. So,、mm-hmm. yeah. Also, feel like because you can resonate with another person, and that give you the permission as well. Because I mean, there's a lot of like mainstream media is telling us, oh, you don't need permission to do anything. You can just do it. But sometimes we do because that permission doesn't come easily. Say, oh, I'm allowed to do something.、Mm-hmm. It's again, it's a feeling. It's a, you know, a sense of a belonging.、Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm going with this. I think. No. Yeah. It's going I- the flow. I guess. <laughs> I, I think.、Uh, well, you mentioned belonging.、Mm-hmm. So I'm. Believe it or not, and a lot of people find this shocking. I'm the kind of person who experiences self doubt on a regular basis. I have a lot of insecurities. I often feel like, you know, very much suffer from imposter syndrome. So I think part of what I am doing this for is I want to give people that permission and that sense of belonging and that space that I can't give myself. Right,、mm-hmm. and then what happens is, as I build those communities and people trust me, that fills me up. It really does, and it gives me more confidence, and it gives me、um, the ability to trust myself 
and it's kind of a nice chain reaction Mm. and that's what community is right it's kind of it's a give and a take so i'm i'm trying to put it out there and invite people in and that's not for purely you know selfless reasons it's it's also because it's what i want to be a part of You started with a pretend in 2015. That's right. Um, how did this all come together? Well, um, I started, it all kind of started for me when I started at working at Etsy in Canada. So I am the manager of seller growth or community programs and partnerships. We kind of have a lot of different names and a lot of different hats that I wear. Uh, but essentially, I support Etsy sellers across Canada. And I've been there for almost five years. Mm. So when I started there, I was introduced to so many artists and creatives and designers that were, you know, doing what they love to do and making money from it, but not just making money, making a life, you know, so not all of them are full time uh makers some of them do it in their spare time and that's they're happy with that some of them are you know would love to grow their businesses anyway all sorts of different kinds of people but what was really inspiring to me is that they were putting themselves out there they were making a thing and putting it out there and because of my highly academic background and the way I was you know raised and you know again in this culture there's a certain level of excellence don't bring your emotion too much into it that kind of stuff all of these things sort of converged to sort of give me a boost to say, well, maybe I could do something too. Essentially, I was inspired by the Etsy sellers that I was was meeting and I thought maybe it's time for me to try something. So we started small. And that's the kind of thing I tell people all the time when they they say, how did you start? I started by putting out a zine that my friend Alex, who is a beautiful illustrator, um, helped me put together. That was it, right? I wrote the words. She did the illustrations. We put it together in a cute zine. Mm-hmm. We published it. And, you know, I think I published only 50 copies. Friends and family bought it. I thought, okay, well, that was fun. Limited edition. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And actually, we've we've since um, repressed them a couple times. But mm-hmm. that's called Things I Do When I Feel Blue. And it was just a list I had made kind of on a Word document one day when I was sort of thinking about the funny and sad things that I do to kind of lift myself up when I just am having a crap day. Can uh, you list two for us right now? Yeah, sure. Uh, my favorite one is, which I still do all the time, is watch the musical episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, mm-hmm. which I've probably seen about a thousand times. And then one is I put my iPhone in a, like a glass vase on the edge of my bathtub and I like play like female folk music and Mm. it like echoes throughout the bathroom when I'm having a bath Uh, so those are two things I do but there's a lot of really funny ones in there too and uh, anyway so we did that and I and it wasn't something I was so emotionally attached to that if it had gone horribly wrong I would be devastated right so you start small you start with something that is you're not all in on and then from there portraits came the first version of portraits which is very similar to the one that we just released um, Mm -hmm. but just a different design I had all these stories in me and I wanted to put them out and I thought okay well this is the next step right so we we grew gradually and the brand name without pretend had always been there I sort of had this long vision of maybe where we would go but it wasn't for sure uh, and then we grew and we started collaborating with more people and mm-hmm. and I started learning more about how to publish books 
I like that you mentioned starting small because entrepreneurial kind of world right now is a buzzword, right?、Mm-hmm. It's so hot. Of course, of creators, great energy to push people to you know step up their comfort zone, pursue something they're passionate about. But at the same time, almost put so much pressure on a lot of entrepreneurs. Oh, I have to quit my job tomorrow to pursue my passion. You're still working at Etsy.、Mm-hmm. You haven't quit your job yet, and you're doing this as a side hustle for now. I don't know what's the down the road the plan, but so can you maybe walk us through the process? Why didn't you? Decide. Okay, I'm gonna do this full time now. I have this passion. Well, there's just the reality of of it, right? I mean, there's bills to pay, and、um, so that's that's one piece. Is it's not really, you know, it's not possible for people just to quit their day jobs and become full time entrepreneurs and like live a poet's life. That's not reality.、Uh, For me, that's partially it, but also I'm very fortunate. I love what I do at Etsy. I love the people I get to connect with. I am talking to artists and supporting their needs, you know, all day. I'm working with, you know, national partnerships. I'm I get to travel for work and and meet people. I went to Nunavut two years ago to meet、uh, Inuk artists who who live in the north, and that was an incredible experience. You know, I would never want to say goodbye to those things. So. I don't. I don't know why everyone is so obsessed with these these words that make us a certain thing, right? It, it's this idea that our identity is entrepreneur, our identity is you know teacher or doctor or lawyer or I don't think that's the way the world works. You know, I am a lot of things. I am a friend. I am a sister. I am a girlfriend to my partner Joe. I am a book publisher. I am also a writer. Those are different hats too. Uh, I have a job that I like, and that brings me great value. Yeah, the thought process is really just try to make decisions that you feel okay about, and take it step by step. You don't have to have a plan for the rest of your life until you die. It's just, and sometimes boring to have a plan and just. It's just not、yeah. going to work out. Like it's never going to work out the way you think it is. So you have to be ready. For things to pivot and things to change and things to come up, you have to be willing to learn what you don't know yet. So, how could I have known that I was going to be publishing this anthology? By far and away, the best thing we've ever published. It's amazing. It's an amazing book. I'm so proud of it. I could not have done that two years ago. I did not have the knowledge or the skills. I did not have the relationships、mm-hmm. with collaborators. There's something that I say. I'm not really one for affirmations, but. There's something I say to a lot of young people、uh, when I when I meet them because I have a lot of people who want to go for coffees and just kind of chat about this sort of stuff, and I'm happy to do it when I can. And you know how people often say life is short. I say life is long.、Mm. Life is long, guys.、Okay. Like I'm thirty. Am I thirty three? I forget how old I am all the time. I'm thirty three. <laughs> I like that spirit. <laughs> yeah, I'm thirty three,、mm. and I don't feel thirty three,、um, which is why I always forget how old I am. But I just started. Realizing how many years I had left in this world to like be and make things pretty recently, I think we spend our twenties thinking it's almost over,、mm-hmm. and if we're not somebody by the time we turn thirty, the world is just going to fall apart. But when I turned thirty, well, mostly when I turned, I think thirty and thirty-one, that's when things started for me because I let go of all of that and I just said, "Oh, just start、mm-hmm. here, start now." How did you manage to just let go? Was a process. 
or was kind of switched the light bulb kind of mindset? I had a personal tragedy um, eight years ago. My younger brother passed away from H1N1, and it was a really sudden thing because obviously he was 23, and um, it was essentially the flu. So he died overnight in his sleep, and um, it was really a shocking moment. So at the time, I was working in – I was a recruiter. I was managing a team – at a boutique firm we were recruiting for like high level engineers i was always a creative person on the side but i mean i had like a high powered business job um i was also married and to a very nice man but who wasn't right for me and i wasn't writing and i wasn't i mean i was sure i was a creative person in many ways but i wasn't really doing what i wanted to do and i wasn't in a job that i really loved and when that happened it was like a light bulb. Not everybody, I think, gets those big light bulb moments. But I think there's lots of little ways to get those moments where you kind of just wake up one day and say, no, this is not okay anymore. This is not, I'm not living my life the way I want to. We only get one shot, most people think. And uh, yeah, so that was eight years ago. And I really didn't start the business, as you say, until about two years ago. So it was kind of, but then, you know, Etsy was five years ago. So I started making changes in my life, um, starting with my relationship and ending that and um, meeting my current partner and starting, you know, what's now been an almost eight year relationship with him and just making decisions that I, that felt more right. Mm -hmm. Have you recently discovered something that about yourself you didn't know before? recently Mm -hmm. i think i discover things about myself i didn't know almost every day wow Uh, that's amazing well i don't know i'm a pretty introspective person and i'm very fortunate to have a circle of friends that are also like that so one of the things my girlfriends and i do now is we get together every month at somebody else's house and we we um read each other's tarot cards and it started you know none of us knew anything about tarot before we started but it sort of turned into kind of a group therapy session and so one of the things that that does is you ask the cards a question and then the you know the four of us all talk about it and we kind of say oh but you said this two years ago and well what about this and it seems like you're feeling like this and it you know it's a really nice thing to have community where you can Mm -hmm. Probe. I'm really lucky that I have that support network. And then on book side, you know, working with different collaborators with different opinions and skill sets and experiences has been really life giving. You know, um, Jen Spinner, who's the art director who worked on You Care Too Much, as well as Happy If You Know It, has become a really close friend just because of the work we've done. We didn't know each other before we started You Care Too Much together. But just the work that we do together has has shown me a lot about who I am as a collaborator, who I am as an artist. And that's been really nice. Through her own company, Erin has not only been constantly seeking for deeper connection with herself, but she has also created a platform for female identified artists to collaborate and feel a sense of togetherness. I've spent my whole life reading things and watching things and being employed by men (laughs) and you know I'm just sort of I've 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 filled many many cups of that and I want to fill some cups of something different 
So it kind of, it doesn't necessarily need to be like a huge political statement. For me, it's a very personal statement. I want to work with women and women-identified people because I find them fascinating beyond anything. And I, and I find that the stories they have to tell haven't been told as much as I'd like to see in this world, despite the fact that there's lots going on right now, I think, um, to start changing that conversation. Yeah, there's room for it. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. Right. In continuation of showcasing works by female artists and writers, Erin's fourth book, Happy If You Know It, was released at the end of 2017. This book focuses on something that I deeply care about, but yet are still struggling to reconcile with. This book tackles the question, what does it mean to trust our intuition? You know, it's really about, you know, what is intuition? And I started thinking about things kind of in a dark way, you know, like, should we always trust our inner voices? Like, what if our inner voices lead us somewhere we shouldn't be? What if our inner voices tell us, like, we can't do something, we're not good enough? Um, you know, that place where self-doubt comes from, surely that's the same place where self-confidence and self-love come from. They're all the same voices, really. So I wanted to think about the dysfunctional relationships we have, the dysfunctional patterns we find ourselves in, and like what went wrong there. If intuition is something we all have that we should tap into, no problem, then then shouldn't we always be in the exact right place? And we're not, right? We're struggling, we're seeking, we're searching. So that's really what this book is about. And, you know, contributors are tackling it from all different angles. Some of the contributors are writers that, or artists that are pretty far along in their journey and they've figured out how to trust their intuition. They say, okay, I remember a time when I couldn't and these are the things I went through. And now here's what I figured out. And it's kind of like they Mm -hmm. wanted to share that lesson. Some of them are still right in that struggle. One of our amazing contributors so bravely talked about her suicide attempt and her whole essay is about, well, obviously my intuition was not speaking either loudly enough or was telling me like a completely uncool thing (laughs) that led me to this, you know, to this awful situation, right? And she has a little boy. So there was a moment she talks about in her essay where, you know, she had made the attempt she had taken pills and she was crying uncontrollably obviously quite upset and all she did was she thought about her little boy and she said i can't i can't do this to him so there was you know kind of battling voices right the voices that told her to do this horrible thing and the voices that told her get yourself to the hospital girl you have a kid and you love that kid and you want him to grow up with a mother um so some pretty powerful stuff, right? Like there's that side of things, but then there's also some, some you know, great stuff about body image, some great stuff about relationships, about relationships with our parents, about, you know, the political climate. Margot Williamson, who's an incredible artist, does a pullout poster that's sort of a, 
a propaganda piece about it's called how to be a villain and it's kind of a nod to the way the world is sort of crumbling around us and the idea that there are binaries that exist in all of us we can be heroes we can be villains and those are choices so mm-hmm. i mean it's funny and so smart and anyway so how to I mean, there's definitely no right or wrong answer to it. Everybody feels differently. Everybody's situation's different. But what kind of process could I go through to determine, okay, maybe this is not your really inner voice or come from a self-doubt or pride or another emotion is not supposed to guide you through? Mm-hmm. What's the process or how kind of questions we need to ask ourselves? Yeah, that well, that's great. I'm glad you said that because I sadly for listeners do not have the answers to those questions because those are the questions I'm answering I'm trying to answer myself and even after the end of working on a book for six months about this it's not as if this book has a guide or checklist or anything concrete that will work for everybody no matter what you know it's not that kind of book unfortunately Um, but what I do try to do is ask the right questions so one of the questions that maybe it sounds cheesy maybe it sounds obvious But I try to explore what makes me happiest and I try not to put judgments on that because no, you know, pretend that you could answer that question and no one would ever know the answer except for you. You could write it down and it would be secret and it would be safe and it would be locked up. What makes you happiest? Maybe you might say something that other people would think is really weird. Maybe you might say something that your mom wouldn't approve of. You know, maybe you would say something that people would be like, you're a bad person for saying that. People would say that's irresponsible or you don't have enough money to try that business or who knows. But if you start with that, it doesn't mean you should jump jump at whatever that list says. You should just do that because maybe you should weigh the pros and cons of that, right? Like how important is, is it for me to have the approval of my community? So if what makes you really happy is like not wearing clothes... <laughs> then you might have to decide to move to a nudist co- colony and find a new community because your community is not going to understand that and they're not going to support it. Or maybe you say, well, that makes me happy, but a community that supports me also makes me happy. And then, then it's a trade-off, right? One of the reasons we called the book Happy If You Know It is kind of tongue-in-cheek. I'm not sure just because you know what makes you happy doesn't make the reality of your life. But it's a good starting point. I think it's a good starting point. Mm-hmm. In an interview you did, you mentioned that a pressure on you that you have to be honest about something. Um, why is that? I wonder. When I said that, I meant that I put pressure on myself. So I've always been fascinated with storytelling. I'm a storyteller. I love thinking about my own narrative. I love building my own narrative. And that's the way we build our identities too, right? I'm this person. I like this. I wear this. I go here. You know, I'm the funny one. I'm the smart one. I'm the cute one, whatever. Um, So I I think in my brand and the, the kind of art that I make, I think about those binaries often, those opposites, uh, or the, I should say the tension between reality and perception. So once I know that to be the thing that kind of runs through me like a, like a current, um, 
the interest in that tension, then I feel a lot of pressure to try to figure out what my truth is versus the truth, right? Because it's not always the same thing. Somebody, how somebody sees you or how you live a life. And that kind of goes back to this intuition, intuition thing. Yeah, right? exactly. It might, it might not always be the same thing. Um, so those are questions I think, again, maybe it's not satisfying. But those are questions we're going to ask until the day we die. Those, mm-hmm. That's what it's like to be a human being, in my opinion. But I feel, I personally feel better when I ask those questions. And to do that work, it makes me feel alive. It makes me feel like we're getting closer (laughs) closer to where (laughs) oh i don't know closer to like um (sighs) yeah it's a great question feeling full do you think we're ever gonna get there i don't know if i don't know if i even want to you know i say that and i don't know if i want to i think that there's you know you you um i think the act of searching has always been really important to me. I like not having all the answers all the time. So it's it's a balance. And that's maybe a boring word. I've always found that to be a boring word, balance. But I'm working on it. As I get older, I'm finding it to be more of a comforting word. There is a way to be curious and to want to know more and to ask hard questions but to generally still feel like you don't have an upset stomach all the time because you like hate yourself and the world and your life, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Is that too dark? No. <laughs> I feel like the journey, again, I hate the no, word, the buzzword, so buzzword. Yeah. but the journey is definitely more important than the destiny because there's no destiny. We're all going to die. That's something... I know it sounds weird, but it's something I always keep trying to remind myself is I'm going to die. Uh, as you're talking about so dark (laughs) it is getting darker and darker down the hill Um, we're all gonna die one day so yeah that's a fact that's not gonna change Um, so might as well enjoy the days we have to then Mm -hmm. yeah and that goes back to the life is so short life is so long both of those statements are true equally I think we have so many days to fill and so when I this is also giving yourself permission to have a day where you watch Netflix for eight hours, you know, and like finish Stranger Things. Oh my God. <laughs> I just going to say, I just did that. Yeah, me too. Oh my God. Mm, so good. Yeah, so good. But, Who is your favorite character? Oh God. Uh, Bob. Who's Bob? Oh, you really? Oh yeah, okay, Bob. I forgot. Okay, okay, okay Bob, alert. yeah. No, I mean, I like L. L is my favorite. I have to say Mike. Mike. And he's Canadian. Is he? Yeah, he's yeah. Canadian actor. I think I think Elle, Elle is really cool, though. I mean, he, she, she, she really can, cool. like, move stuff with her. Yeah, but I mind. can't believe they're all, like, 12, 13, 14. I know, they're amazing. No, so Bob great. is my favorite because he's also the guy who plays Sam in Lord of the Rings. Oh, Samwise. that is true. I didn't... He looks so familiar to me. Yeah. So, I guess uh, I covered everything, actually. I think I'm just going to go with some... Rapid fire questions. Are we ready? <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I right. love those questions. Do you? Yeah, sure. Okay. We'll, we'll be <laughs> <You're> like whatever. <laughs> okay. So, what is your usual Friday night looks like? Oh, Friday night looks like a bottle of wine with Joe, and like prosciutto and cheese and record listening. Oh my God, that sounds so good. 
So I guess that answers my next question: wine or beer? Wine. Morning or night? Oh, it's tough. I I'd love to identify as a night person. I used to be a night person. I'm a Sagittarius, so I feel like we're like generally party until late at night. But I'm getting older, and so now I think mornings. I know. Is that an age thing? Because I, I started、know. getting very tired at nine thirty. Oh yeah, I get tired at nine thirty. Yeah, yeah. It's it's unfortunate. I'd love to be cool enough to say night, but I think actually now morning.、Mm. Okay. So when was the last time you felt lonely? Yesterday. Why? Sometimes when you're in a long-term relationship with somebody, you feel so safe. And comfortable, like you have somebody to witness your life. But I think equally, you can feel whenever there's a conversation and you don't immediately understand what that person's saying, or there's like whatever. We we had a, a a chat yesterday. He said something that made me pause because I it was just something I didn't hadn't heard him say before, and I just felt. I don't know this person at all. Oh no! <laughs> so I don't know. I Is think... Joe a feeler? No. No. Oh my god! Actually, that's not true. Completely wipe that from the record. Joe. Is one of the biggest feelers in this entire universe, but he does not express his emotions at all. Just feeling inside. inside. <laughs> He's an introvert, so he feels it all right in right. inside. Yeah.、Um, if you could be a color, what would that be? The first thing that came to mind is red. It's very fiery. Mm-hmm. I'm a fiery person. Full of passion. Yeah,、mm-hmm. I think red or something bright. Yeah, and then if you could stay at one age forever, what would that be? This age, thirty-three. I'm turning thirty-four very shortly, and I'm I'm not quite ready. So I'll just be thirty-three forever. Thank you. Why thirty-three、okay. and thirty-four is such a big deal? Because it's just one. It's not、I、like twenty-nine to thirty or something. I'm having a nice time at thirty-three. I feel great. I feel I'm like in pretty good shape. I am old enough to have learned some things. Yeah, I don't feel old yet, and I don't feel young, and I don't want to feel either. So、mm. I'll right in the middle. I'll be here. Cool, cool. Okay, this wrapped up our conversation. Is there anything、cool. you want to add? Yeah. Where can people find you? Where?、Mm-hmm. They can find me online. At... <laughs> Where? They can find me online at <laughs>、um, withoutpretend.com. And I'm on Instagram as with dot out pretend, and also、uh, I really like when people say hi and that they like a book of ours because it means so much. I got a maybe it's over here. I got a a card from somebody in the mail. She bought a book and a tote bag, and she sent me a handmade handwritten card to my address. Just to say thank you and how much、wow. the book meant to her, and it was just like made my whole month. Like it was really, really nice. So,、um, a lot of people who subscribe to our newsletter, which is called Secrets, often send me little notes after saying that they really liked the the little. I, I write like a little mini essay. I read every single one. That's so <laughs> nice. Oh, that's called stalking, by the way. It's not. It, I mean, I, I honestly, I appreciate it so much because、mm-hmm. a lot of times you put stuff out there into the world and it's a personal. And you don't know where it goes or where it lands or how it's engaged with, and that's okay. I mean, that's just part of what happens. But I honestly, every single time, appreciate personal notes. So、um, I will not consider it stalking. Please send me your compliments. Now you know. If you want to talk to Erin, just send her a handwritten note as long as possible to express all your feelings. 
she will be reading it on Friday night with a wine and cheese and yeah right yes absolutely and I mean I'll keep them on my wall forever Mm -hmm. and so you'll be immortalized on my wall that sounds so good well thank you so much for having me Sasha thank you so much this was honestly fun I love playing dress up and I I had like a really lovely time thank you Erin looks great in the photos by the way go check it out I hope so (laughs) (laughs) okay thank you so much thank you Thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed this conversation. I certainly did. Erin is such an intuitive woman. Make sure head to dearsecrets.com to see all the photographs taken in her home. I know I say this in every episode, but please subscribe on iTunes and leave us a comment or review. Your support is very important to us. If you have any questions or feedback, feel free to DM me on Instagram at dearseekers next episode is in two weeks. Until then, happy seeking. Happy seeking.